Welcome to the Destiny Church 2 and 7 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Eric, Senior Leader of Destiny Church. In this message, Pastor Eric shares the history of water baptism, and our service ends with Pastor Eric baptizing members of our church family. Following the message, take a look at the episode description, where you can find scripture references as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. Good to have you all here this morning. As you can see, we're going to be talking about uh, baptisms. We talked about communion at the first of the month, and we talked about death. Last week, we talked about life. And this week, we're gonna cover a, a second and our only other sacrament, which is water baptism. And at the end, we'll have some people being water baptized. And so um, I get to teach you, and you're gonna, well, I know all about water baptism. Okay, fine, then you can leave now. Okay, so, no, that's okay. There are some things that, you, that may be new to you, some, uh, some information I wanna share with you that you may not be aware that, that a ritual bath, they weren't called baptism in the Old Testament, they were called uh, a ritual bath, and you did this in a mikvah, uh, which is singular, mikvot is the plural ending. And uh, these were uh, where you would ceremonially wash yourself, cleanse yourself. And I have some photographs that I'd like to show you. First of all, you'll note in the back, the blue, you see a little bit of a blue sky, and you'll see a little bit of some mountains from the nation of Jordan. But what you're actually seeing in the far distance is the Dead Sea. So that's how close this particular village is to the Dead Sea. It's 22 miles from Jerusalem. This village is no longer a active inhabited village. This is an archeological site called Qumran. And that may be familiar to you because that is where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in 1947. Uh, so uh, this is a village in, um, this is the village of Qumran where the people that lived there, they were called Essenes. And what you're looking at is one of those ritual baths. I have another uh, picture for you. This is the little sign that's out front of that thing that you just looked at. And what you're gonna notice, uh, you'll begin to see that a person is walking in to the water on one side and then walking out on the other side and you're gonna see this line of demarcation on the staircase. Do you see that? Let's look at the next slide so you can see. There you'll actually see the stairs that have this ridge running up and down the stairs. And uh, the reason that is is because when you are ceremonially unclean, you walk down this side being unclean. You wash yourself. Then when you come out, you don't wanna walk on your dirty footsteps. So you walk up the other side. That's why there's a, a dividing line. I don't know if you, as, as an ancillary note, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a, a ritual hand-washing cup in Israel. Um, you, if you go into the restroom and you wash your hands, every cup has two handles. And that is so you don't touch, so you go in to wash your hands, you grab this, you pour the water on this hand and now it's clean. Now you can grab the other handle that is clean and pour it on the hand that's dirty and then you don't leave with dirty hands. Ritual cleanliness is a big deal. And this is a very, very old village. I think we have one more slide. Um, and you can actually go there with Cheryl and I next year if you're interested in going. We'll, we'll stop at the village of Qumran. As I said, it's, it's pretty close to Jerusalem. It's about 22 miles. So Jerusalem, we always go up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is high in elevation. 
And so no matter where you are geographically in the nation of Israel, whether you're north of Jerusalem or south of Jerusalem, we always go up to Jerusalem. That was always confusing to me when I first started studying the Bible because geographically someone would be up in the northern Galilee and they said, well, let's go up to Jerusalem. Well, what do you mean? Well, because us around here, sometimes my wife or Hannah, one of them, was, well, let's go up to St. Louis. We all kind of snicker because we all know that it's down. Well, you have to realize that if you're, if you're in Hebraic culture and Judaism, we always go up to Jerusalem. And so we go up to Jerusalem, we come down from Jerusalem, down the Jericho Road, to the end of the Good Samaritan, all the way down to the Dead Sea, 22 miles to the lowest place on the face of the earth. Your ears, as you ride in the bus, actually pop like you're riding in an elevator. That's how quickly you descend from the, from the city of Jerusalem. In this village of Qumran, there lived a bunch of people. And they were all men, and they were very, very, very religious people. They were very strict. They would actually do ritual immersion baths at least twice a day. And they spent the rest of their day in contemplative prayer and in writing and rewriting the scriptures. In that village, there's large rooms that are called the scriptorium, and you would just sit there at the bench, and all you would do is you would write translate, you would write rather um, copy, because we didn't have Xerox machines, we didn't have fax machines. You had to, if you wanted a copy, you, these boys did it for you. And this is what their responsibility was. And they were, they were the keepers of the scrolls. So they would write these scrolls and they would keep them, they would write them on leather and they would put them in, in clay pots. Well, here's the deal. I'm gonna give you much more than you care to know probably, but this is kind of fun. This is kind of fun. When Jerusalem fell to the Romans in AD 70, because Roman had enough of those Christians after 70 years of the, after the resurrection, actually 40, because Jesus lived for 30, uh, they said, we're going to wipe Jerusalem off the face of the earth. They march in. Everybody's fleeing now from Jerusalem. This is how we get Jews all over the world, the diaspora or the diaspora, that Israel didn't become a nation again until 1948, a nation state in 48. It rhymes. That's how you remember it a nation state in 48. So from that time until 1948, Jews didn't have a homeland. They were spread all over the earth. I digress. They're running out of Jerusalem. And where are they headed? They're headed down the Jericho Road to the Dead Sea. Who do they encounter? They encounter these people because this village is right on the edge of the Dead Sea. They're going to go out to the desert. They're going to end up on the top of Masada. It's a great movie. Go watch it. And um, so they get there and they tell, in my mind, this is how it went down. Hey, Jerusalem's being sacked. You guys, we gotta get out of here. And so they take all of their scrolls and they squirrel up into the mountainside in this very dry and arid place and they stash all these clay pots with these leather scrolls in it, hoping they'll be able to come back in time. But what happens is Rome comes and just destroys everything, just the plague. They're just like the plague. I don't know, it's like the movie 300, you know, where they just kind of, you can, it feels like an earthquake, but it's the army marching. Here comes the Romans and they just decimate everything. And so that's why this is an archeological site. That's why we have the Dead Sea Scrolls and so well preserved in a dry and an arid place for 2000 years. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. We've had this little lesson on the Essenes who live in the village of Qumran for this reason. There is a lot of people, and I'm not gonna say categorically, there's a lot of people, I happen to be one of them, that believe John the Baptist was part of that community. Well, what significance does that have? Well, they ritually bathed themselves, oh, Dunkin' Believers, get it? Like Dunkin' Donuts, that's kind of fun, isn't it? Uh, that uh, 
the Essenes would ritually purify themselves. We would say baptize. They didn't use that word. But now John the Baptist, who's studying the word, complete books of Isaiah, complete books of, of, of Psalms there in that village, just a few miles away, now out in the wilderness from Jerusalem, is beginning to baptize people. And why is he baptizing people? He's baptizing them for a different reason, not for ceremonial cleaning, but for repentance. It's brand new. In preparation for the coming of Messiah. So the New Testament baptism is not the Old Testament baptism. It's simply a foreshadow. What we have is them ritually cleansing themselves. But John the Baptist says, you know what? We're gonna take this baptism to the next step. It's because you all are sinners and you need to be washed and repent. You need to repent. It's a baptism of turning yourself around and preparing your life for the coming Messiah. He's known as the forerunner for the Messiah. 200 years, 2,000 years rather, since then, baptism has been a sacrament of the Christian church. It doesn't make you a Christian. Becoming water baptized does not make you a Christian. It's simply your first step in becoming a disciple. The thief on the cross couldn't be water baptized. Today you'll be with me in paradise. He met Jesus, divinity kissed dirt, and that man was saved. But the first step of your salvation is obedience to the sacrament. Last two weeks, uh, three weeks ago was water, uh, was uh, communion. Today we're talking about water baptism. So let's jump into the book. We got the hook, we got the look. Let's look at the book. Here's what it says in Matthew three. Now understand, this is right before Jesus begins his ministry. Matthew three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judah, Judea, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, where we found all the scrolls of Isaiah down in Qumran. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the paths for him. And John's clothes were made of camel's hair, he had a leather belt. By the way, my belt broke this morning. I have, currently have a dog leash holding my pants up. <laughs> John's clothes were made of camel hair, and his belt was leather. Mine's acrylic of some sort, I think. Around his waist, his food was locust and wild honey. People went out from uh, Jerusalem to Judea uh, and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were baptized. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River, which you can do if you go with us in a year from now. But when he saw many of the Pharisees said he's coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, this is a way to win, <laughs> seeker sensitive John the Baptist, you brood of vipers. Welcome to the pastor's meeting, you brood of vipers. Right, all the Pharisees and Sadducees sewed up. You brood of vipers who uh, warned you to flee from the coming wrath, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think uh, you can say to yourselves, we are Ab Abraham's father. I tell you that uh, out of these stones, gods can make and rise up children of Abraham. The ax is already at the root of the tree and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you, here it is, with water 
for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you, King James, with a Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> so John's saying, wait a second, we had this, old, we have the Old Testament, Essene, Qumran model. We ritually bathe ourselves. Hey, listen, I am the forerunner. I'm telling you, you better repent. There's somebody coming. There's somebody coming, I can't even touch his sandals. And he's gonna baptize you with a Holy Spirit and fire. I like how this begins. So shortly after that, what happens? Jesus' public, public ministry begins when he associates himself with you and I by receiving the same baptism that John is giving. This is in Matthew 3.13. Then Jesus came from Galilee and the Jordan baptized by John, but John Hey, whoa, 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 John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you, by you. But yet you come to me, Jesus replied, let it be so. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then of course John consented because that was a good argument. Verse 16, so as soon as Jesus, Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water and at that moment, heavens opened. Then everybody saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, wasn't necessarily a dove, but it says like a dove. But the spirit descended and lighting on him and then there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Note that's the Trinity. We have God in Jesus standing in the water. We have God the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and then we have God the Father speaking from heaven. These are, this is one God, it's a Trinitarian God. We believe in the Trinity. We are not modalists. We do not believe in modalism. This is an old, old heresy where God just manifests himself however he wants, wherever he wants, and sometimes he chooses to be Jesus. Sometimes he chooses to be the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he chooses to be the Father. That's not true. God in three persons. Oh, you warm my heart. My heart just, oh, just beats so good when you do stuff like that. Makes me happy. All right, so are you following the trajectory of what we have? Ritual baths, John's baptism. Now Jesus gets baptized and he institutes water baptism for anybody that decides they're gonna be an apprentice. Anybody that's gonna follow after Jesus. Anybody after you know what a Venn diagram, V-E-N-N, -N, a Venn diagram where you have like a circle and another circle and then they, then they overlap each other and there's that part in the middle? I, I, yes? Okay, so when you get saved, the two circles touch. This is God touching man, divinity kissing dirt. That's when the circles touch. You are saved, you're born again. You're not a disciple at that point. You're saved, but you're not a disciple. A disciple is where those two circles begin to overlap each other and you start becoming an apprentice and you become more like Jesus. Is that making sense to any of you? Okay. So here's what he says in Matthew 28 about all this. Verse 19. So go and make disciples of all nations, ta ethne, every ethnic group, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not in Jesus only, but in the name of the Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then do what? Verse 20. And what? Say teaching. Teaching them. That word means prolonged learning. So it's not like, hey, let me teach you one thing, now you know it. It's a lifelong journey, isn't it? Whatever hobby you have, you're a scrapbooker, you're a 
cook, you're a auto mechanic, you always are learning new things if you really love it, right? You're a guitar player, you're a musician, you really love some hobby, you're getting better and better at it. Even, I'm just gonna read a book about that. I'm gonna buy a magazine on that. I'm gonna go to a website, I'm gonna read a blog about that. And you learn more and more and more and more and more. That's what discipleship is. That's what disciples do. And so go baptize them. That's the beginning of this apprenticeship. It's the beginning of them becoming like me and then prolonged teaching. That's what that word in the Greek means. And then teach them, teaching, I-N-G, them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Water baptism for you as a believer is your first step in discipleship. It is an outward sign of an inward experience. You're demonstrating something to everyone. You don't do it by yourself. It's a public proclamation that says, I am now more than saved. I am moving into discipleship. Remember, water baptism doesn't save you. Jesus, by, by grace, through faith alone. Yes? It's by grace, through faith. That's how the two circles touch. That's how he read. God, he touched me. Oh, he Yes, we're doing great today. So he but but then what? Is his life beginning to eclipse yours in the Venn diagram that is discipleship? So it's an outward sign of an inward experience. The context is water baptism for Colossians chapter two. In him, you were also circumcised in putting off the sinful nature. Context is water baptism. Not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. We're talking about an outward sign of an inward experience. That inward experience is the circumcision of your heart. A Jew would understand this because that's how you were identified as a Jew. Men, you would be circumcised on the eighth day. Right away, right after you. Some people say, well, how soon should you wait in order, now there was, during some Anabaptist time, there was a period whereby someone would get saved, where divinity would kiss dirt and the circles would touch, and they say, well, now let's teach you a whole bunch of stuff before we allow you to get water baptized. That's not the biblical model. The biblical model is you get saved, you get baptized. Some churches actually have a baptistry tank filled all the time. You get saved, boom, you get baptized right away. Boom. Dunk them. We do it a couple times, a couple, three, four times a year. Um, but if you wanna do it sooner than that, Levi, I'll take you out to Lake Springfield. Where's Levi? Oh, he's working with the kids today. He taught the class this morning. He's, he's also, this is probably not a good thing to say on television, but uh, he's baptized him in the fountain down at the city center before. <laughs> Sorry, Levi, if they call you about that. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's possible to get water baptized in a place other than the church, okay? So the context is a circumcision of the heart. That's what it says. Now, let's fast forward to 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. We're following a timeline now from the mikvah, the mikvot, John the Baptist, John's baptism of repentance, Jesus identifies, Jesus then institutes, hey, you wanna be a disciple, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do some stuff. Salvation is free, discipleship is very expensive. 
There's a difference. It costs to be an apprentice, right? And like, oh, I'm a carpenter. Okay, are you an apprentice carpenter? Are you learning the trade? No, well then, okay. You're just going to Menards on Saturday morning where all the slow people go on Saturday morning. If you want anything done at Menards, go during the week because if you go on the weekend, you're just staring around, looking around. I can get road rage walking behind people. All right, I digress. Let's get back to water baptism. So, so we have a progression. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So now, after the resurrection, Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So now, he ascends 50 days after his uh, ascent, or after his resurrection. 40 days walks the face of the earth. 10-day prayer meeting in the upper room. Then, what happens on the day of Pentecost? What is the day of Pentecost? It's the celebration of the first fruits of the harvest. It's not a Christian holiday, it's a Jewish holiday. The feast, the festival of Pentecost, and it celebrated the harvest. What a wonderful time for the Holy Spirit to be poured out on all flesh, right? Joey's getting the Holy Ghost back there. He's, he's getting happy, he's getting happy. So we're gonna celebrate the harvest by the Lord pouring out the Holy Spirit on that day. And here's what happens. So they all get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, and it's given to all flesh in the upper room. And then Peter, he preaches a sermon, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You give them all four gospels, they still don't give it, you give them the Acts. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, chapter two, When the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place, suddenly the sound like a blowing of a mountain wind. All of them were filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them, and on down through that, they go, oh man, these guys, they gotta be drunk. And Peter said, no, they're not drunk. And he begins one of the most powerful sermons, Peter preaching now, who just a few hours before was squirreled away in an upper room in fear for his life, now has the dunamis, dynamite, Holy Spirit power, kicks open the door of the upper room, and starts preaching in downtown Jerusalem. That's what the Holy Spirit brings you, is power. Peter stood up and addressed. He said, these men are not drunk like you think they are. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. And he preaches this amazing sermon, and it gets really, really good uh, until he starts railing on the Pharisees and Sadducees. Right? He starts... He did what John the Baptist did. The people heard all this, verse 37. They were cut in the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So now there's thousands of people listening to Peter preach the gospel. Their heart gets cut, rent, and they go to him, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized. One of the key verses for us, for those of us in uh, Protestantism, where we believe what I'm teaching about this sacrament, it, it is it's very difficult, and I would say impossible, for an eight-day-old eight child to repent. There, there's no ability to repent. There's no contrition. There's no turning away from one's sin in discipleship. This is why we baptize adults and we dedicate children 
as Jesus was dedicated as a child in the temple. So we say, I was, I was water baptized as an infant. Does that, does that count? If you have faith to believe that it does, go for it. I was, my mother is here, growing in the tradition that we were raised in, a Lutheran tradition, you're baptized an infant. They did the best, my mom and dad did the best they knew to do with the revelation that they had. Then I get what I consider born again, saved, living my life for Jesus, divinity kissed this dirt. Like, what do I have to do? Repent and be baptized? Sign me up. I wanna err on the side of following Jesus. So you don't discount what your parents did. They should actually be happy for you that you're affirming what they wanted for you in the first place. Does that make sense too? Okay, good. So he said, Peter said, repent and be baptized. We're working through this timeline. That was 50 days after the resurrection. Now a year after that, things are starting to get squirrely in Jerusalem. Peter, excuse me, Philip is headed down to Gaza. We know where Gaza is. Peter, or Philip is headed down to Gaza and he encounters someone who had just been worshiping in Jerusalem, was a God-fearing Jew, a, a Gentile believer. He, she was the keeper of the treasury, uh, uh, Candace was her name, I believe, yeah. And Peter hears the reading of Isaiah, Philip, I keep saying Peter, pardon me, Philip, here's the, here's the reading of Isaiah, and here's how the story unfolds in Acts chapter eight, a year later. Then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? The eunuch is riding in the chariot, Philip's walking alongside, and he says, please tell me, who's the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture from Isaiah, and they traveled along the road and they came to the water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and eunuch, and the eunuch went down, underline it in your Bible, went down into the water. They went down into the, they got into the water. Now we don't have a river nearby, but we have this amazing hot tub that if you'd like me to, I can turn the bubbles on. No, I'm just kidding. Going under the water symbolizes the circumcision of your heart, your death, your resurrection. But now Paul's gonna expound on it a little bit later in his, in his uh, writing to the Roman church. In Romans chapter six, verse number three, Paul says, or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ when we were baptized into his death? We were therefore, here's another, here's more imagery. I talked about circumcision of the heart. Here's another imagery piece of imagery for you. You were therefore buried with him through baptism, so when you go under the water, it symbolizes you being buried. So that when you come out, it symbolizes your new life, your personal resurrection, and the promise of the resurrection to come. A foreshadow. Buried through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Our deliverance from death to life symbolized in the baptismal waters. Um, I lived for 10 years in Minnesota 
My daughter was born in Minnesota. Ryan's from Minnesota. Do you know that the headwaters of the Mississippi River are in Minnesota? There's a state park there, Itasca, I believe. Itasca State Park. You can go and there are stones in this little creek and you can walk on these stones and you will have walked across the Mississippi River. That's how small and narrow it is. It's what they call the headwaters of the Mississippi River, meaning that's where it comes. The headwaters of every baptismal font, F-O-N-T, the headwaters of every baptismal font is found in the Old Testament and it's found in Genesis chapter six. This is the great flood, the flood that symbolized judgment but salvation for God's people. So today, when these people get into this water, imagine this, this is a result of what was foreshadowed, the typology that was presented for us in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. It's to be revealed, it's a mystery. Not hidden from us, but hidden for us to discover. Then you have the crossing of the Red Sea, another event passing through the water, symbolizing deliverance, being free, getting rid of bondage. Then you have the third Old Testament type of water baptism for the nation of Israel, those who believed in God, and that was the crossing of the Jordan River. You probably don't know this song. It's an old song called Beulah Land. Oh, Joey knows that song. <laughs> Beulah. Beulah. Beulah is the pronunciation in Hebrew. It's the transliteration of the word meaning the land that we are married to. When you cross over into Beulah Land, my new home, my new habitation, that is the foreshadowing of water baptism. So the word baptize in Greek is baptizo, which means literally to submerge, to immerse. Not necessary for salvation. Not necessary for salvation, but necessary for discipleship. What did I say? Salvation is what God does. You do nothing, God does it, right? Salvation is free. God does it, he does it all. You have to do everything in discipleship. Salvation is what God does. Discipleship is what we do. God does not do discipleship. You do discipleship. Devin just finished his last class in Synoptic Gospels. Boom, now he has, he's work, he's, he's, he's a disciple, he's a learner, he's an apprentice. What about you? What are you doing as an apprentice for Christ? Salvation, when divinity kissed dirt, you, you got saved. The two circles touched. Is there a overlapping? Is he beginning to eclipse your life? Are you becoming more like him? Is the red and the blue becoming purple? Yes? Salvation is what God does. Discipleship is what we do. Secondly, salvation happens in an instant. Discipleship takes a lifetime. Salvation happens in an instant. Discipleship takes a lifetime. A lifelong learner. I learn things, I learn things 
I'm underlining stuff this past week. I didn't know that. I never saw that before. That's, that's amazing. I never caught that before. I never saw that cross-reference. I never saw that. Boom, 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 boom. You should be a lifelong learner. More than a hobby, it's who you are. Being a, listen, let me just alleviate a little bit for you. Some of you are trying to do Christianity, right? It's what I do. I go to church, I, da, 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 I do it. If Christianity is what you do, you're gonna get tired of it. When I, when I say something that offends you or whatever, you'll find a reason to fall out of church because you're tired of doing it. But if Christianity is who you are, if you've actually been changed and now this is who I am, I don't get tired of being Eric. I am Eric. I am Eric. I don't have a choice. I am Eric. That's what my mother named me. Right? I, I'm a disciple. Some days, discipleship is fun. Some days, discipleship, not so fun. Because in the heart of the word, discipleship is what? Discipline. Being corrected. You don't have the right to correct a child in Walmart that's misbehaving. It's not your child but I have a right to correct my child in Walmart, don't you? You, you? you correct, why? Because you're the parent. God says you should actually appreciate the fact when I correct you because it's a sign that you are my child. So salvation happens in an instant, discipline, discipleship takes a lifetime, and lastly, salvation is free. Discipleship says deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is why we have a lot of shallow Christians because they allowed, they came into a relationship when God kissed them, when the two circles touched, but they've never journeyed into a life of discipleship. This is step number one in life of discipleship. God says, do it, so we do it. Well, my hair will get all messy and my mascara will run. He hung naked and bleeding on a cross in public for you. You can deal with a little mascara run. Now, see, I got a little, I got a little there. Sorry about that. I'm trying to be nice and smiley today. So this is, this, it's this, this is your first step of, of discipleship. If you have not been water baptized, sign up next time we do it. And so at that, I'm gonna ask those who are being water baptized to prepare themselves down here. Those I've asked to help get people up and down the stairs, everybody find their place. Somebody get this pulpit uh, down, please, if you would. I have uh, the list of names back here. The worship team's gonna come back and we're gonna take the next 15 minutes and we're gonna baptize uh, seven people. So praise the Lord. All right. I have that. I don't need that. What I do need is a microphone, Hannah. Now, up first is Vance and Molly. Yes. Got it, got it. All right, 
We got goggles? That is awesome. You are the first goggle wearer ever. That's awesome. All right, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is, listen up, this is our living room, right? And so if there are, you know someone's getting water baptized, you wanna get a picture, come down here, get pictures, let's get involved. And when someone gives their testimony and they come out of the water, we're gonna celebrate with them, right? All right, so this is uh, Vance Doogie and Molly's coming back in a minute. All right, that's awesome. Yeah, come on out and get ready for pictures. You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna uh, interrupt any of us. All right, so Vance, let's do this over here. How are you? Good. All right, why don't you hang on to that? All right. Do you love the Lord with all your heart, Vance? Yes. Good. Why don't you tell them what Jesus means to you? Um, what he's done for you. So Jesus has done a lot for me. Um, you know, I kind of shared in my encounter testimony that, uh, you know, I, I was water ba- or sprinkle baptized in the Catholic Church when I was 13. Um, I then uh, shortly after fell into a period of rebellion that lasted through my 20s. Um, and then um, God saved me from a life of alcoholism and drug addiction in my early 30s. Um, so for 12 years, I haven't had a drink of dr- uh, a drink or a drug. And that's 100% all because of God and Jesus. So I, uh, but during that time, you know, I haven't really been the best follower um, or the best disciple. Um, and when I went on encounter, I had been thinking about baptism for a while just because of the whole sprinkle baptism and whatnot. So when I went on encounter, um, I got a lot of words about I need to um, be an example for my family. I need to be the, the spiritual leader for my family. So in order to do that, I need to be discipled. Um, and then Molly come up to me after kids for church one day, and she says, Dad, I want to be baptized. Well, I can't think about it anymore at that point. You know, it's, it's, it's go time. Um, if I'm going to be the leader and I'm going to be the example, it's time to go. It's time right. to do it. So that's why I'm here. All right. I'm here to be a disciple. All right, let's do it. All right, Molly, you can stay there. You watch Dad. I need somebody up here to, to hold that for me. Thank you. I'm going to trip over this if I don't move it. There we go. All right, come on in, Vance. All right. Go ahead and have a seat. Face out that way. Do you love the Lord with all your heart? to serve him? Yes. Are you ready to follow him? Yes. With your whole being? Yes. Okay, why don't you just grab your nose, not because you need to, but because it gives me a handle to hang on to. Okay. Lance, Vance, upon your confession that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I ran out of that grave Come on in, Molly. Where's that microphone at? I'm going to touch it wet. I see if that's going to cause any issues. Come on in, Molly. Oh, you want to stand. You want to stand. Okay, okay, here we go. Awesome. You wrote out some notes. That's great. You want to hold this? You want me to hold it? You want to hold it. Okay, just hold it close to your mouth and tell us what Jesus means to you. 
Hello, I'm Molly. I'm getting baptized because I love Jesus and I want to follow him. Can I see that? She wrote it out herself. That's awesome. Save that one, Dad. That's a good one to save. All right, Molly. You ready? One, two, three. Go ahead and have a seat. We'll see how deep it is for you. Oh, my gosh. You can't see. Oh, there you go. All right. I want you all to see her. There she is. We got her. Okay. All right. Molly, do you love Jesus? Yeah. Are you ready to serve him all the days of your life? Okay, we're going to have your dad baptize you, okay? So we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I ran out of over here, Devin. Bree's in youth group. Why don't you ask her if she's going to serve the Lord today? What does uh, what does baptize being baptized mean to you? Uh, serving to God and Jesus. You gonna you gonna serve Him with all your life? Yeah. Amen. She has a testimony. Oh, you have a testimony. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come on in, Bree. Let's hear for the teenagers in the house today. Have a seat. Okay, Bree. You love the Lord with your whole heart. Are you going to serve him every day of your life? Yes. I'm so proud of you. You're awesome. Upon your confession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you with my great honor in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Travis, Travis is going to tell us what the Lord's done for you, my friend. Um, so the Lord has been in my life even when I wasn't uh, worthy of him being in my life. Um, I've strayed far from him um, uh, during my, my path of recklessness, and um, I've done 11 years in prison and uh, was in darkness for a long time. And um, this past year has been miraculous. Jesus has been in my life. And show me so much grace, and um, and I forever am grateful and faithful for him. And I just want to serve the rest of my life in in his eyes, in in his love. So. Come on, praise the Lord! Woo! All right, Travis, hop up there, have a seat. Travis, we are proud of you. All of us are proud of you, and we're thankful. God has done in your life. And we all were in darkness. I mean, once you turn the lights out, it's dark. And if you're wearing a tuxedo or you're wearing rags, you're still in the dark. And so we're proud of you and your commitment to serve the Lord. Are you going to serve him your whole life? 
be a disciple, okay? All right. Travis, upon your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, it's now my great privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on, praise the Lord. Come on, buddy. Bradley. We got Lindsay and Bradley. We got husband and wife. Come on, Lindsay. Let me get up a microphone. Lindsay, why don't you tell them what the Lord's done for you? Me. There are many people who know uh, me, my family. I've struggled for a long time. We have struggled for a long time. I have been baptized before, but there's no better way to start a life together in love, forgiveness, and faith than to do this together, to rededicate my life, and more than that, show support for my husband, my family, and my marriage, and my love. The one person who's never failed me. He never will. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for him. Praise the Lord. All right, come on. There you go. Have a seat. Okay, Lindsay. Can you get that wet? Is that right? Okay. Lindsay, are you going to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength? Will you follow him all the days of your life? You'll be a disciple. On your confession of faith that Jesus is the Lord of your life and your commitment to be a disciple, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just stay right there, Lindsay. We want to hear from Travis. Oh, Bradley. I just, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, done a lot of bad things throughout my life. I'm 46 years old, and I've done most of my life in prison, too. And I just, um, I got to have a change. I, I, I need to do better things in my life. And uh, this is the start right here. And uh, I'm just kind of proud of myself actually willing to do this right now. So, uh, but thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Come on, praise the Lord, people. Bradley, you're awesome, buddy. We love you. We're for you. So you're going to serve him your whole life? Yes, I am. All right, let's do this. Come on. Have a seat, Bradley. Yeah, we want you in the picture here. This is going to be a great picture. Bradley, you've seen a lot, my friend done a lot. The thing about becoming a disciple, all those disciples, they left what they used to do to follow him. They used to be fishers. They used to be tax collectors. God's making a brand new occupation for you. He's giving you new eyes to see today. As a follower of Christ, we stand with you as your family. It's not always easy. It gets hard sometimes not perfect. 
we'll do things wrong and stupid too. But together we'll get through. So we're proud of you. Will you serve him your whole life? Yes, I will. And be a disciple of Jesus. Upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I ran out of that grace. Come on, church. Down Caleb, come on up, Caleb. All right, Caleb. You love the Lord with your whole heart? Yes. Are you going to serve him forever? Yes, I also have a testimony I like to give. All right, you give your testimony. Um, I was in a very dark place uh, four years ago when I was working at the TV station. I was in a place to me that felt like hell because I was around people that were just demonic and satanic, and they just have worldly think I just couldn't be a part of this and uh, I, a few days uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me through someone at my other place of work and I feel blessed where I'm at right now at this other place of work and I, I feel free from that wicked place and, and I just found out that I also relieved a lot of anger, hate and bitterness towards people who I don't even know, who have never met, and people who I've absolutely despised my whole life. And I've found now just, just I decided just to give it to God and let, let him take care of them. And not, it's not my responsibility anymore because I, I, I come from a background, I was a Lutheran, like a Mr. Fix-It all the time, but that's how I was in my family. But I found out that I don't have to fix everything. Let him just take care of everything for me. And uh, I'm I'm getting baptized because the biggest thing that God spoke to me last two days uh, was to trust him on everything in my life. Um, and that his son died for all my sins and that he loves me. And ultimately, he just wants me to be part of his eternal family. Come on now. Come on. Caleb, we're proud of you. Come on, man. All right, have a seat, Caleb. The Lord's taught you a lot, and he's got a lot more to teach you. And he is grateful that you decided to be a disciple. And uh, I know your Connect group is super proud of you. We all are proud of you thankful that you're more than just a hearer of the word, but you're a doer. And so, Caleb, upon your confession of faith that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I ran out of that Come on, praise the Lord.
someone came to my wife and said they want, she wants to be water baptized. Where did she go? She went through there. All right. We will do that. Somebody go find her. We'll get her. Praise the Lord. You brought dry clothes. You're smart, Brie. Praise the Lord. All right, why don't y'all stand to your feet. Aaron, lead us. And we'll wait for this woman to return. And I was buried beneath my shame. Ah. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn. Till I met. this on thank you I got the backstory Bree come on up here this is Bree's mom she said I saw I saw Bree do that and, and I want to give my life to Jesus I want to rededicate my life to Jesus and uh, rededicate. rededicate her life to the Lord and so you got anything else to add to that um, a couple years ago I was baptized at the old location and I've been through so many trials and tribulations since then. And watching my girl get baptized, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. All right, what's your first name? Rebecca. Rebecca, come on. Everybody say, we love you, Rebecca. All right, have a seat. Where's Bree? Bree, come up here. You're going to help me. Over here, Bree. Come right next to me over here. You get down. Can you get down to your knees? Are you able to do that? In there? And I'll get next to you. It's not every mom that gets your daughter to help baptize you. It took a lot. Come down and talk to Cheryl, and we're proud of you. And God's proud of you. Jesus is proud of you. And all the struggles, they're not for naught. They're just installments on your victory. God's got a great plan for your life. And what you're doing, showing your daughter how to follow Jesus, together you're much stronger than you are. We're proud of you. So you're going to serve Jesus with all your heart, Rebecca? Yes, I am. You're going to follow him all the days of your life? Yes, I am. Upon your confession of faith that Jesus is the Lord of your life, now baptize you. Put your hand right there. We now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. with Jesus as we travel this side. Thank you for celebrating with your fellow disciples, your fellow apprentices. Love them, encourage them, bless them, and uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. 
and may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.